to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Okay, good morning. Welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It's a joy to be in worship with you this morning. I want you to know that like a, not a lot of nonprofits, we bring in a majority of our revenue in the fourth quarter of the year, which means we're heading in to that season where we ask people uh, to make good on their commitments, uh, to give generously, to make the ministry and mission of Roswell Presbyterian Church happen. It, we couldn't do it without you, and everybody can do their parts. Um, I assure uh, every year our, our business administrator, her name's Elena, and you know, she's always, she always gets very anxious. And I'm like, Elena, don't worry, it's gonna come in. Don't worry, have faith. And don't make a liar out of me, okay? So for Elena's sake. I also want you to know that this Tuesday up in the sanctuary at 7 p.m., Scott Weimer is bringing a powerful message for our healing and wholeness service. We know that the holidays are often a time where we really wrestle with grief, sadness, tough emotions. And we want to provide a space for people to come together to kind of bear their souls and their heart with one another and before God and hopefully receive God's healing touch. And so we want to... um, this may not be for you, but you may know somebody who's lost a loved one recently that this is going to be a tough season for them. Invite them to come on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary. I'm going to be gone next Sunday. I'm going out. Uh, I realize I haven't been home in like five years, so I'm going out to see my family uh, out in Washington. But then I'll come back, and that Sunday after, um, that Sunday after Thanksgiving is the first Sunday of Advent. And we're going to kick off a new sermon series on the Magnificat, okay? The Magnificat is Mary's song that she sings in Luke in this response to this great news that she's bearing the Savior of the world. Uh, She sings a song, and we're going to look at the lyrics to that song and see how it might help us uh, celebrate Advent as we prepare uh, for the Christ child and for Christmas. But today, we're going to look at a somewhat of an obscure passage. Uh, It's a letter from the Apostle Paul that he wrote to his friend Timothy. And this is a sermon I like to preach once a year because I believe it deals and it wrestles with a perennial human problem. So let's look at this letter from the Apostle Paul to his friend Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 22. Let us open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts for the word of the Lord. Paul writes, Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cressus has gone to Dalatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful in my ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. And when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will pay him back for his deeds. You also must beware of him, for he strongly opposed our message. At first, or at my first defense, no one came to support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. 
The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Anisphorus. Erastus remained in Corinth. Trophimus I left ill in Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Putin's and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, I ask that in the next few moments, you might be our teacher, that you might speak a word to our hearts that only you can speak as we wrestle with this perennial human problem. May you inspire us to live in response to your good news revealed in Jesus Christ. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, a rock and a redeemer. Amen. Come before winter. A few years ago, a congregation member gave me a collection of recordings of their favorite sermons they ever heard. Some of these sermons were quite old, and in one of them, a pastor preached a famous sermon that he borrowed from another preacher who happened to be from First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. And since first hearing that sermon, I've discovered that this sermon has been preached by, pre- preached by preachers all around the world, basically about the f- last 50 years. Each preacher gives his or her own spin on this issue, and I think it wrestles with the perennial human problem of procrastination. Procrastination. Will we do what needs to be done today? Will we meet the needs of the present moment? Will we respond by doing what God asks us to do? For most of us, we follow Mark Twain's advice. Never put off till tomorrow, which you can put off until the day after tomorrow. In our text today, we have what most scholars agree was Paul's last written words. You see, he's trapped in a prison cell in Rome. He's being held there by the Roman Empire on a capital offense. He's facing his imminent execution. And he is alone, he is imprisoned, and he is in need of help. And so he writes to his friend Timothy and asks him to come quickly. He says, come to me soon. Come quickly and come before winter. Come before winter. And so today I have three questions I want to ask regarding this text. The first is, why come before winter? See, winter was a notoriously bad time to travel across the sea in the first century. Even if, Timothy were to work to, even if Timothy took a land route, he would still have to cross the Adriatic Sea. And the seas were usually closed down to traffic during the winter, usually from about mid-November to mid-March. No one could sail. You see, the wind and the waves, they would capsize your boat. It was too strong. It was rough water. We know the Apostle Paul experienced a shipwreck, and so he was acutely aware of the risks of sea travel during the winter. When he says, so make sure you come before winter. Notice at the beginning of his passage, he says how difficult it is for him. He says, do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Things have gotten difficult for Paul. He's held on a capital offense in prison. He knows he's going to die soon. He doesn't have much time left. And all his friends are deserting him. They're trying to save their own necks. Demas, who's in love with this present world, I can just imagine him. He says, I may have to die eventually, but I don't want it to be today. 
Paul, you, good luck, you're on your own. Or Crescens left Paul. I, I have family in Galatia that I haven't seen in a while, Paul. You're fine in prison. Good luck, okay? Or maybe Titus has gone to Dalmatia. He's like, I gotta go see Aunt Cruella about some puppies. So Paul is left in a prison cell and he writes to his young friend Timothy. He says, come quickly. Make sure you come before winter. A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Rome. I went and saw the prison cell that they say Paul was held in. It's more of like a cave, really, than a prison cell that we think of. Even, even in our day, it was, it was musty, it was damp, it was cold. And I can just imagine Paul in the corner there, shivering, and he writing to his friend Timothy, get my cloak, get my books, and above all, get my parchments. But whatever you do, just make sure you come before winter. The second question we have to ask is, did Timothy go? Did Timothy go before winter? The preacher who first preached this sermon was Clarence McCartney. He worked at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. And when he first preached this sermon, he asked the question, did Timothy go? And Dr. McCartney kind of imagines Timothy at the time. And what if, he said, what if, what if Timothy got caught up doing errands? He had a long to-do list. He waited. He didn't go immediately. I want to go to Rome. I want to say goodbye to Paul, but I got so much to take care of here. And he as he took care of his errands, his to-do list, winter did come. And he couldn't travel. He had to wait till spring. And McCartney imagines that Timothy goes to the prison cell and he runs in. He runs in to the prison guard. He sees the prison guard and he says, I'm here, I'm, I'm here to see Paul. And the prison guard says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. He's gone. He told me he was, he was waiting for you to come, but you didn't come fast enough and now he's gone. He said to tell you he loves you, that one day he'll see you in heaven. He said to say goodbye. Did Timothy go? We don't know. But if he hesitated, if he waited to get his affairs in order, if he procrastinated, if he delayed, if he waited until after spring, Timothy might have missed his moment. He would have failed to respond to the present need. But I'm more of an optimist. I believe Timothy did go. He took the books, the cloak, the parchments, and he came before winter. Responding to the present needs of the present moment with decisive action. That's what we're called to. Roswell Presbyterian Church is the kind of place that has a long history of responding to the needs of the present moment with decisive action. This time last year, some of us from the staff and leadership went over to Mallard Field to dedicate it at the Children's Development Academy. As you know, Cy Mallard was one of my predecessors. And in 1967 in Roswell, People were shocked when an African-American child died of malnutrition. And people will ask, how could this happen in our community? Just down the street from where we live. And so some of the women from this church and some of the women from the community got together. And they did research and they found 
that one of the key factors in helping kids get out of and stay out of poverty is education. So they wanted to found the Children's Development Academy to take care of, to feed, to educate young children in our community who were in need. The problem was they didn't have a space to meet. And so they called Cy Mallard, the pastor here, and they asked him, said, could we use some space at the church for the, the CDA? Being a good Presbyterian, he said, well, before I can commit to anything, I, I have to meet with the elders and see what they say. He hangs up the phone. A few minutes go by, and those women, their phone rings, and it's Cy on the other end. He says, on second thought, I don't need to ask the elders. This is just the right thing to do. Of course you can use the church for your ministry, the Children's Development Academy. And that's where it was founded here at RPC. And since 1967, it's been growing, serving hundreds, if not thousands of young people. Take care of them. And I'm proud to say that RPC still contributes generously to make that ministry happen at the Children's Development Academy. Sai was willing to respond to the needs of the present moment with decisive action. Friends, in our world, we need people to stand up and speak for love, peace, justice, compassion. We need people who respond and live out the values of Jesus Christ in our world. We need people who won't procrastinate. We need people who will come before winter. There are vital needs that require decisive action. There are lonely people who need a phone call. There are hungry children who need food. There are people who don't feel valued, who need to hear that they are loved. There are needs of the present moment that require decisive action. Paul writes to Timothy, come before winter. And that leads to my third question. The third question, of course, is, would you go? Would you have come before winter? Will you go before winter? Ralph Waldo Emerson once wrote, you cannot do a kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be too late. How many of us wait until after winter? We waste the precious moments of our lives on meaningless activities. How many of us fail to come before winter? How many of us let the precious moments of our lives slip away as we sleepwalk through life? I came across a quote from the humorist and writer Irma Bombeck. She wrote a regular newspaper column that was syndicated across the country. She was also famous for writing the book, If Life is a Bowl Full of Cherries, What Am I Doing in the Pits? (laughs) And she went through several battles of cancer. And in her final battle, the doctor said this was going to be it. And so she began to reflect on her life, and she wrote some powerful words down that I think is relevant to somebody who's five as it is to somebody who's 85. Listen to what she says. If I had my life to live over, I would have invited friends over to my house, even if there was a stain on the carpet, or I hadn't had a chance to change the upholstery on the chair. I would have taken time to listen to my grandfather ramble about his youth. I would have cried and laughed less while watching television and more while watching life. And when my kids kissed me impetuously, I would have never said, oh, later, go wash your hands. Mostly, given another shot at life, I would seize every moment, really see it and look at it and never give it back. I would stop sweating the small stuff. 
I would never worry again about who didn't like me, about who had more than I did. Instead, I would cherish the relationships with which I've been blessed, and I would do something every day to promote my own well-being, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Are we living our lives before it's too late? Paul says, come before winter. Would you have gone? Would you go before winter? There are needs of the present moment that require and demand decisive action. To offer a word of gratitude, to do a kindness, to stand up and defend someone, to spend time with your loved ones. The question is, will you respond with decisive action? Would you come before winter? I've been thinking a lot about this sermon recently. A number of years ago, I shared with you all that my dad was diagnosed with dementia. And many people in the congregation were so nice. I got a lot of emails and notes, people saying, we've been through this, Jeff. Don't let this time pass you by. Take advantage of the time you have. Have a conversation. Ask him all your questions now. He's gotten worse. He's now been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And as I mentioned, I hadn't been home in quite some time, so Courtney and I decided that now is the time to go. You know, we have two young kids. I mean, it's very inconvenient. I, I hate flying at this time of year. But I kept thinking, come before winter. We made airline reservations to travel from here to Spokane on Thanksgiving. We've been preparing, buying all the things you need, the headphones and the toys to busy the kids. Come before winter. And then... Yesterday it was 15 degrees and snowed five inches. Winter beat us. But we're still going. We're still going. Come before winter. Is there somebody you need to reconcile with? Come before winter. Is God calling you to reach out to someone? Don't wait for spring. Is it time to seek help maybe for yourself or for someone else? Come before winter. Paul wrote to Timothy, begging him, come before winter. But the real question is, would we go? Will we go and come before winter? Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for these words the Apostle Paul wrote. Lord, I pray that we might live them out, we might respond to the needs of the present moment with decisive action, Lord, that we might be attentive to that still small voice and do what you call us to and not wait for spring to come. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.